John chapter 16 this morning, uh, I want to speak to you um, uh, with this title. Uh, It's hard not to forget. Any of you find that as you grow older, things, uh, it's a lot easier to forget things. Uh, I, I am experiencing that. Any of you have this? You call somebody on the phone, and before they answer, you forget their name, and you just feel completely ridiculous that you have forgotten the name of the person that you just called. Uh, I certainly do that. And it's not just in our natural world that we forget things. I think that the absence that we have from the presence of the Lord, the fleshly world that we live in, our own fleshly nature, our own desires, and then certainly you add to that all of the uh, pressure from the circumstances in our world today and the stress that can accompany that, it can get easy to forget some of the things that the Lord commanded us not to forget, and I want to, um, I want to challenge you with some of those. I want to read just one verse of Scripture. It's from John chapter 16 verse 1. John 16 verse 1 says this, I have said all these things to keep you from falling away. I have said all of these things to keep you from falling away. My goodness, I certainly don't want to fall away from the Lord, and I know you don't either. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much that you don't want anyone to perish. Your word says that you're not willing that any should perish, Father, but that all should come to a knowledge of the truth. You also said that you're the good shepherd and you've got us in your hand and no one, the scripture says, can snatch us out of your hand. Uh, Lord, there's no foe that can come and take us unwillingly away from you. But I do believe, Father, that our faith can grow cold and our hearts can grow far away from you. We can walk away either by commission we do something intentionally or just by like a coal it gets set out of the fire we just allow ourselves to grow cold to the things of God because we forget Lord we forget your word we forget what you've done for us we forget the presence of God we forget all of the joy and the strength and the blessing of being in your presence and so Lord I pray you'd stir something in each one of us today to cause us to never forget and to keep us from falling away we bless you Lord and we thank you in Christ's name amen this section of scripture, this verse of scripture, comes in a really in unique place. This is the, if you go back and you look at John 13, 14, 15, and 16, it is the longest single teaching that we have recorded in all of the scriptures that Jesus does. Uh, suddenly, in the sort of at the end of that, well, he's not completely done, but before, right, not too long before he's done, he pauses in this verse. I've said all of this, this all these things I've taught. In this longest narrative section of Scripture in the Bible, I've given you all of that so that you won't fall away. Now, I don't know about you, but when Jesus himself says, look, I just said some things so that you wouldn't fall away, I think it behooves us to go back and make sure that we understand and we've heard exactly what it is that he said and and sort of play the recording again. And so I want you to notice some things Uh, throughout this section, I've just picked some beginning in chapter 13 that I think are the most important. Now, let's remember before we look at these, what they're for. They are there so that we won't fall away. These are like insurance. These are backsliding insurance. Keep these in your life and you won't fall away from the Lord. I think that's a good prescription. Here we go. The first one he gives us is in John chapter 13, verse 34. 
when he says this, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. There's something about loving one another that keeps us from falling away. How does that work? Let me tell you, it's pretty simple. We live in a world that doesn't have a lot of uh, God-type love in it. And if you're going to have that kind of love, and if you're going to love as the Lord has commanded us to love, you're going to have to get the source of that from Him, not from you. You're going to have to spend time with Him. If you live with that challenge in front of you, love those around you, you're going to have to go to the Lord to get that kind of love. And when you go to the Lord, you're going to stay close and you're not going to fall away. So I want to challenge you today, no matter what goes on in your world today, love one another. Love one another. I know some of you just thought of that one person. You know what I'm talking about. That one person that you go, look, I can love almost everybody, but this one... I can't. No, Jesus didn't say love one another except for the ones that really love one another. If you'll do so, you won't fall away. Let me show you another one. John chapter 14, verse 3. He says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. What in there keeps us from falling away? Oh, I can tell you right now. One day you're going to be with him. Any of you remember when you were a kid? And maybe you got old enough to stay by yourself. Your mom and your dad would leave or your grandparents would leave. Somebody that you were with, they would leave because they believed you to be old enough, responsible enough uh, that you could care for yourself. There is, in the heart of every child, the Bible says, rebellion stored up. Um... Any of you ever sort of wait for that moment and then, oh my goodness, things begin to happen because you're, you're in charge now. You can do what you want. Nobody's watching. You're the, you're the Lord of the manor now. There's, you, you get to decide when you're going to do something, what you're going to do, whether you're going to behave in this way or that way. All of that's true. And any of you ever do something and then realize, wait a minute, Mom and dad are going to come home. You know, I, I broke the dish. I knocked the television over. I, I, I didn't get the house clean. Something. And then there's that moment where you realize they're going to be back. I'm still going to be accountable for what has gone on in this period of time that they trusted me to do the right thing. Some people think that when they get to be 18, they move out. Or they get to be 21, and now they're legal that now they can just do whatever. But listen, he's coming back. The Lord's coming back. We, we, we've been left to do whatever we want for a time, but there's coming a moment where he's coming back. We will be with him again. And the scripture says that we're all going to give an account for this life. The parables, many of them, the one that I'm thinking about most particular is the parable of the, the, the talents where the master calls his servants. He's going to be gone for a long time. He gives one five, another three, another one, and then he leaves. Two of them know he's coming back. One of them acts like he's not. He buries the talent in the ground. But one day the master comes back. You and I need to keep in mind every day we're going to be with him. We read that scripture. Oh, if I go, I prepare a place for you. I'll come again and take you to be with me that where I am you may be also. That's a wonderful promise of heaven, but it's also a promise of accountability. You're going to be with him. You're going to be with him again. You're going to see him. 
And if we remember that we're going to be with him again, you won't fall away. Because there'll be in the front of your consciousness the idea that one day I'm going to be with him again. It's also a great comfort. It's not just an accountability. One day I'm going to get to be with him. I'm not falling away. I'm waiting for that reward. I'm waiting for the relief. I'm waiting for the deliverance. I'm waiting for the joy. I'm waiting for the reunion. One day I'm going to get to be with him. I'm not going to lose it now. I'm closer than I've ever been. I'm going to be with him. Here's another one. John 14, verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, this world wants, to, wants you to believe that there are many ways, but Jesus said he's the only way. And if we remember, remember Jesus said, I'm telling you these things so that you won't fall away. So many people believe that sort of, sort of their life is theirs to live, but my life isn't mine alone. It belongs to him. There's just one way to inherit eternal life. It's not the government. It's not money. It's not my good deeds. It's the grace of the Lord provided for me by the atoning death of Jesus Christ. And the more that I remember that, the more it secures me in not falling away. I want you to know right now, I'm not going to quit. How about you? I'm not going to quit on what the Lord has done for me. He's the only way to eternal life. He's the only way to the presence of God. I was made. You were made. This isn't where I was made to be. I was made to be in his presence. Real fulfillment, real joy, real peace, real provision only comes in his presence. This is the testing ground. I'm not going to let this momentary period of time call me, cause me to fall away from my eternal home. I got to keep that in my mind. I can't forget. If I remember, I won't fall away, but it's hard not to forget, isn't it? The world can encroach in so easily, but he's the only way. Jesus gave another one in chapter 14, verse 9. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Jesus and God the Father are one and the same. So many people talk about, uh, well, I'm, I'm really not a church person, but I'm spiritual. I'm a very spiritual person, but I don't go to church. I think there are many ways, they say. Listen, you, you, you worship the way that fits you. I, I'm very happy for people to just worship the Lord however they know Him. In whatever way they know him. First of all, we just said, Jesus said he's the only way. But listen, there's just one God, one Father, and one Son, one Holy Spirit. and They're all unified. It's not many gods and many paths. And there's no way to be spiritual and relate to the God, the Father, except through Jesus, his Son. One day we're all going to give an account to the one who made us. Those that would claim to know God, but not know Jesus... That's not possible. They're the same. If you're going to have a relationship with God, that relationship is going to be a relationship with Jesus. The way you know Jesus is through the Word. Because He is the Word, made flesh, dwelling among us. So if you're going to be spiritual, you're going to need to have Jesus in the mix. Don't forget. Don't forget who we're relating to. Let me give you another one. 
John chapter 14, verse 23. Remember, Jesus said, I told you these things so that you wouldn't fall away. What did he say? Listen to what he said in verse 23 of John 14. Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. You can't just say, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm cheating on my wife, but I'm a Christian. I'm cheating on my taxes, lying all the time, hurting everybody around me, but I'm a Christian. I grew up in church. I was baptized. I went to confirmation class. I'm a Christian. Listen, Jesus said that his sheep know his voice. He said that if you love me, you're going to keep my words. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, he said in John 15. Come on, you... There's this, there are all these philosophies that talk about, it, listen, you can just do whatever you want. Just, just say the prayer and, and Jesus will forgive all your sins and then you just live however. No, Jesus said that a sign of people that love me is that they know my word and they keep my word. They're not perfect. They still sin, but they're not trying to live outside of God's word. They're trying to navigate their life according to the principles of God's word. Jesus said, I've said this stuff so that you won't fall away. If you don't hide his word, now listen, strong admonition here. If you don't hide the word of God in your heart, you're going to be deceived and you're going to fall away. You say, Pastor, I've been going to church all my life. I know a lot of people that have been going to church a long time, but they still haven't, heard, they haven't hidden God's word in their heart. And until you do, you're susceptible to the philosophies of the world. you got to hide his word. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Keep my words. David said, your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. The scripture says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The Lord said, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean on your understanding in all of your ways. Acknowledge him. How do you acknowledge him? Except that you hide his word in your heart. Acknowledge me and I'll direct your paths. So if you love Jesus, you're going to keep his word. There's so many rich, guidance-filled prescriptions in God. Love your neighbor as yourself. Forgive those that despitefully use you. Bless those who curse you. Someone strikes you on one cheek. Turn to him the other. Someone asks you to go a mile. Go two miles. Goodness gracious. In Jesus' teaching, there is life and hope and love. But you've got to keep his word. You've got to keep his word. Let me give you another one. I love this next one. We've, we've got a, a sort of a modern worship course that talks about this. John 15, 15. Jesus said, so that we wouldn't fall away. Remember, no longer do I call you servants. For the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. There's something about being close to the Lord. Jesus said, I call you friends. Now, I want you to know that it's different. Somebody who I know, I mean, I know their name, I, I know who they are to recognize them, or maybe even someone that I don't even know their name, they're just a face in the crowd. You know, my natural inclination is not to do the same thing for them as what I would do for a friend, for a number of reasons. First of all, hopefully I'm more attuned to the needs of my friend. 
It's not just noise in the crowd. I see their facial expression. I see the way that their, their, their life is going. I know the hurts. I know the joys. Hopefully I can respond to them in a caring, close way. Jesus said, listen, you're not just faces in the crowd anymore. You're my friends. Now let me ask you. Jesus said he's your friend. Are you his? Do you, do you care about his sorrow? Are you moved with his afflictions? Are his priorities your priorities? Do I have in my heart a desire to see that his desire comes before mine? We always think of the benefits of being a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I love it. But do we ever think about what that means? All right. On my end of the deal. I love that he's my, woo, God's my friend. I'm going to get out of speeding tickets. I'm going to get good parking spots. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Pull up, oh Lord, let me find us. Is that all it means? Yeah, but what about his heart? What about, friendship is a two-way street. What about his heart? Does what move him, moves him? Does that move you and I? If we'll remember that we're in relationship with the Father. This isn't, and, and I love that. We, we sometimes think, and this would be a, a great thing to write up. We sometimes think that relationship diminishes the demands of what the law used to put on us. And it did in some way. It's not, it's not this written code. But do you understand that the law was a set of rules that people kept and what distinguishes it from what you and I have is that you and I are in a covenant not based on law, but on relationship, on love, on grace. But do you understand that while the law demands one level, love requires a much higher level. It's not less, it's more. Let me demonstrate it this way. There are lots of ladies that come to our church. I care about them all. But there's just one lady that comes to our church that I love. And I don't mind telling you, like somebody said the other day, Pastor Roy, would you redo my kitchen? I said, no. No. I won't. Pastor Roy, would you come build us a pool? Nope. Hey, would you, would you do, redo a house for me? Wash my hands. Let that blood be on you. Take him away. No, I'm not. <laughs> Why? Well, you're just not very nice. No, I'm very nice, but I'm not going to do all that, but just for one woman. Why? Because I love her. All right? Are, are you the friend? Are you and I really friends of God? Or is that just a one-way relationship? No, we, we're friends of God. If we remember that, we won't fall away. Man, there's a lot in here, isn't there? Let me give you another one. And this one's, I kept this one to the last because it's the least, it's the least, it's my least favorite. John 15, 19. Jesus said, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. The world is supposed to oppose us. 
How about you? You ever feel any opposition from the world? You ever feel the world pushing back upon you? A current trying to pull you one direction and you are with intentionality swimming against it? You're going across the grain. You, you, you just are not flowing with the current of this world. You're not trying to be self-righteous. You're not trying to be better than anybody except you. That's not it. But there is opposition. And that's all right. If you remember that the world opposed Jesus, it won't bother you so much when they oppose you and me. If we remember that, we won't fall away. So many people walk away from Jesus when life gets hard. That's, that's when they, they say, look, if, this, if God's not going to take care of me better, I'm not. And then they walk away. The world opposes us. And the world is not just the planet. It's not just the ball of minerals. The world is speaking of the world's systems, the world's philosophies, the world's thinkings, the world's values. You, you lose a job because you stood for God. And then you go, Lord, I stood for you. I'm, I'm now without a job. And then people get angry. The world opposed you and I, and that happens sometimes. Don't forget what Jesus said and don't fall away when it happens. There's no doubt that these are important aspects of our Christianity, and yet we forget them so often. And that forgetting can, if we're not careful and if we let it be sustained, it can call us to fall away. Don't fall away. How can we keep from forgetting? How can we keep the things of God in the front of our mind? Let me, let me read you another verse. It's uh, several verses from John 16, verses 7 through 11. Jesus says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Every time I read that, I'm like, No, Lord, it would have been better for us if you would have stayed here. No, it wouldn't. He said, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. The word convict there means to expose, to show, to lay bare. And he said that when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to convict the world. He's going to show things. He's going to lay them bare of sin, he said. He's going to convict the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. Sin because they don't believe in him. Righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. In other words, Jesus said, look, I'm, I've been walking around here and I have been a living, breathing, flesh-bound example of what righteousness looks like but one day I'm going to be gone and they're not going to see me any longer and they're going to question what righteousness really looks like and then judgment because this world is judged I've sort of boiled these down to simple three simple statements don't believe don't see don't expect I don't believe in sin I don't see Jesus and I don't expect that he's coming again and one day there'll be judgment. And that's the progression of how people fall away. They begin to not believe. That they no longer see 
a clear example of what righteous life is supposed to be. And they don't expect that there's ever going to be a judgment. They can just do what they want. But Jesus said, the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to provide something that causes you to continue to believe and he's going to work within you a work of righteousness so you can feel righteousness from sin. And he's going to keep reminding you that I'm coming back. There's going to be a sense of urgency in you. And the Holy Spirit's going to provide those. If we could only find something that would cause us to always remember, what, something that we could use that was designed to cause us to remember what Jesus did for us. And I set that up on purpose. There is something. He gave us something. We did it Sunday. We took communion. Jesus said, whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, remember what I did for you. Remember. That's why communion is never supposed to become just a religious relic. It's not supposed to just be an empty religious practice. It's something that we're supposed to do, and every time we do it, it's supposed to have such significance that we reflect back upon who Jesus was, what he did, and that he'll come again. You see it? Who he was. We'll believe what he said. How he lived. We'll see an example of righteousness. And his promises to return again. We'll live believing and knowing what righteousness is. And the expectation of his return will stay with us. Jesus said, remember, remember. But the world constantly causes us and works to cause us to forget. So what's my challenge today? Don't forget. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget what you know of the word and add to it. Build upon it. Don't let a day go by. Don't let a day go by. You live in a world where you can't afford to have even one day out of God's word. Come on, church. Let's get into God's word. Don't let a day go by that you don't feed your spirit, your mind, your heart on God's word. Listen, when I see people, no matter what they're going through, and I've been there, when I see people live in a state, not, not a moment, everybody has moments, and we even have seasons, but when I see people live in a state of hopelessness, come on, they've, you've forgotten that Jesus is coming again. You've forgotten the promises of who he said he would be in you now. You've forgotten his love and his care He'll overwhelm the darkness. He will, if, you, if you feed on his word, he will overwhelm. The light from his word will overwhelm the hopelessness that tries to grip you. It's not of the people that you need. It's Christ Jesus that you need. It's not more money that you need. It's the promise of his return. Because no matter how much money, do you know that no matter, no matter well, I guess if you had like bags of it, you were tripping on in the living room, there would be, but listen, who, who's that way? There's always going to be a need that's greater than how much money you've got in the bank. That won't sustain you. You've got to have the belief that God's going to provide all your needs according to his riches and glory. I don't need it in the bank. I need it in heaven and in my heart that I believe that he's going to sustain me and take care of me. Moth and dust can't steal that from me. And your 401k can be taken. Your, 
Your bank account can be you know, extorted. People can steal your identity and drain everything out. And if that's where your hope is, if your hope is in the coming election, that's, that's empty promise. You need to have your hope in glory. Hope in Him. He never disappoints. So remember, remember, remember. Remember who you are. Remember who He is. Hide His Word in your heart. Don't forget and don't fall away. Father, You've given us everything we need for life and godliness. I pray that everyone hearing me today would be encouraged because You're there. You're with them. You're strong. You're able. If they'll lean on You, hide Your Word in their heart, fill their mind with the promises of God, they'll find joy unspeakable and full of glory. They will go, the the scripture says that they can go from victory unto victory unto victory. There may be some moments between the mountaintops where they run through the valley getting there. That's life. But they won't live there. They won't camp there. They won't put down their tent pegs there. Lord, they're moving towards higher ground with you. I know that's theological and philosophical, but it's also emotional. It sustains us. It improves us. And I pray, Father, that each one of us would not forget. And in the remembering, Lord, we wouldn't fall away. Even for a moment, your word would be hidden in our hearts. We bless you today. Encourage each one with this word. Let them be strengthened in their inner man. In Jesus' powerful name, amen.